All right. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Mike. And this is Rob. Holy shit, Rob. We're podcasting. Oh, my God. This is crazy. It has been, I was going to look it up, but I never got to it. I think it's probably, it's been at least two months. Oh, yeah. At least two months. So, um, yeah. So, basically, two months ago, I had to go back to my job. And, um, you know, I've said it before, I worked for Michigan Dining. And so there's just so much work to get going. I was working, wait, you know, the first month and a half or so was just working a lot to get the, helping this whole beast get going. And so, finally... Uh, my schedule settled and there we our schedules align on this one day that we can actually record again. So that's kind of, uh, that's the whole story. Really. It's not that interesting. That's the only reason we haven't podcasted in two months is because, uh, I don't think this is like literally the first time we've had, uh, our schedules been able to even match. Yeah. So, but here we are. We're here. Uh, so, you know, what's happened in the last two months? Whatever. Nothing. Nothing. I've had my annual surgery. <laughs> so my my fall medical event has already come and gone. You missed that in the last two months. That's good. Yeah. This one was a very simple surgery, so uh, we're all good. So I've gotten that out of the way. Nice. Um, how are things in your world, man? They're... A hair hectic. My um, brother and sister-in-law and their two children have been living with us for about a month. They're uh, moving into our town and they're buying a house and they actually are closing today. Um, So they should be in by sometime next week. But throughout the process, it's been kind of complicated because they had to start work. And so they've been living with us. And that's been awesome because it's really great to have them here and to have their Mm -hmm. kids here playing with my son. And, uh, it's also just, everything's kind of thrown out of whack. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. It's very generous though, to open up your house like that. So, um, Oh yeah. So I understand the chaos, you know, um, my, my wife's a teacher and she's a special ed teacher. And so her trying to navigate, figuring out how to teach online. Um, and my son's a sophomore in high school. And, you know, I think deep down, he'd just prefer to be at school. So yeah, it's been a little chaos around here. Yeah. But I don't, um, (laughs) I don't think that's any different than everybody's lives right now. So, but, but uh, yeah. To add to it, school started. So all three kids are in school. Oh, wow. They, They all three had their first day at a new school on the same day. And my brother-in-law is teaching high school in this town, and he started his school on the same first day. Wow. So it was, yeah, they're all trying to get used to the same stuff. And Are you guys remote? Are they remote or? In yeah. person. Yeah. My brother-in-law is teaching both in person and remote. Mm-hmm. So he's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Arbor right now is all remote. I, don't, I think at some point that will change. So, um, which I think is even more stressful. Like they should, well, you know, commit to one way for the whole semester. Cause you know, right now it's up in the air. Like for, you know, imagine the, well, I'm sure you would have, you know, if you've had to do your work remotely is just yeah. getting the entire thing off the ground, building an office in the house for my wife and putting up a whiteboard and getting all the technology all set. Um, just to be able to to do that is insane. 
Yeah. So. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I feel for the parents that have to um, <laughs> go through it as well. I mean, just take one scroll through Facebook of people oh, yeah. that have kids doing remote school. So your son goes to school in person every day. Every day. And he's in first grade now or second? He's in first grade. First grade. How's that going for him? He loves it. It's good. They have to wear masks all day? Yep. Well, no, they don't have to wear masks while they're at their seats because they've got like plexiglass partitions between the desks. So they like quad it up and then they're divided into four. But if they're out in the halls or at lunch or whatever. Recess. Recess. Excellent. So, okay. So now it's been a while um, since we podcast, obviously. And uh, something, you sent me a text. It was... I wanted to talk to you about this, and we didn't really talk about it much further. I'm going to see if I can scroll back through my messages here real quick. Okay. Just to see if I can find the text from you. Okay. Um, you were talking, you're talking about the new Taylor Swift album. And basically, here's what you said. is basically, the album should be the album of the year. And the song with Bon Iver, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Justin uh, uh, should be this pop song of the decade. Yeah. Okay. So I don't agree with that at all. Well, you know, it's okay, Mike. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> it's fine. So I w- here, I'm curious why you think that uh, this album is so spectacular. So I'm curious as to why you don't think this album is spectacular. It's, it's amazing. And it's so, first of all, the production is incredible. They uh, got the guy who produces the national to produce and you can, he's really got, you can really taste his sugar in the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Um, It's uh, a lot of big crescendos, a lot of um, instrumental strength that plays into the songwriting. Um, It's just really well put together. And then if you look at this compared to the album that Taylor released nine months before nine months it's vastly different in style yes meaning she decided to just do something totally different after she made an album that was critically acclaimed she made another album that is vastly different and also amazing the uh tone is perfect it given the day and age and the current coronavirus i think that she managed to hit on um just the right sound for what's currently going on in the world. Um, I think some of uh, the, I think the writing is spectacular. Um, well, okay. Let's not say spectacular. Let's say it's you want to hold on to your opinion as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, so, um, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's just a fantastic album. It's well-written, well put together. It, uh, serves as um, just a placeholder for COVID as it's just, it's sonically what is going on right now in the world. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, So do you, have you listened much to Casey Musgraves at all? Uh, A little little bit. Um, So here's, here's what the album felt like to me it felt like uh, i listened to it first 
And and then like first listen through, maybe in the second one, I'm like, oh, this is an interesting sound. I like the sound, I like the sound. Mm-hmm. But then I start listening to the lyrics of this album. Yeah. And I don't, it was just like, really? I don't know. It felt like, and then here's the other thing is like, in the end, it felt like to me an album that like, well, back up Casey Musgrave's last album, Golden Hour in 2018 is an amazing album. And that would be uh, one of the best albums of all time. I think not of all time, but one of my current, it, it, fa- it, one of my current films, albums of the, like top albums yeah. of the century or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's pretty freaking incredible. And so, sure. Uh, and so maybe this is my own bias, but like I listened to it and it's almost like you, um, almost like Taylor Swift was like, Oh, there was somebody that started country and moved into pop and influenced them together. And I'm going to go, I'm going to try to do the same thing by going back to my more country folk roots and try to make that kind of album. And it just kind of fell flat to me. I couldn't disagree with you more. I think there's such a vast difference between this and her roots that it's right. Yeah. Folksy independent music versus her original albums, which are super country pop, like Uber pop. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's, but it's definitely a move away from, you know, her last album, two albums, she's just like a pop star, right? I mean, which yeah. is fine, but this sort of is a good last point. three albums. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, I'm not all up that much on, on her. I wasn't particularly either. I just happened to know that. Um, I'm not a Taylor Swift fanboy. Like, I'm not, I don't really like any of her other albums all that much. So then, what is it about this one that strikes you? The production, the <laughs> I, like, but I I just think it's a solid album. What I do think you mean by production? The the musical production, the tone that's set throughout throughout the consistency, the um, musically, it's fantastic. And you think it's that way, lyrically too? I think it's. This is the third time you've asked me this. You're clearly setting me up for something. No, I'm not necessarily. Look, it comes across to me like I don't, I'm not trying to diss her at all, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to. But, you know, it sounds like she comes across to me in this album as somebody who hasn't, because of her fame from such a young age, not hasn't really point. been able to experience anything relatable to a normal person yeah. and yeah. like she's stretching yeah. really really hard to be relatable on this album and it comes across as goofy to me so so i yes okay i i can see that i see where you're coming from there keep in mind that she's never had a normal life and you expect and yeah oh no like sure she's she's a little she's not quite as self-aware as some other people who write songs, right? right? Because she writes very much about how she's always jilted and always like these, she's always the winner in these love competitions or whatever. And sure. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Yes. That's just who she is. But outside of that, I mean, it can be relatable if you can put yourself into her position a little bit more. 
Well, but if I put myself in her position, I'd be like, I'm a fucking millionaire. This is sweet. So maybe she found a way to find something that wasn't <laughs> so sweet about being rich and famous and hot. Okay. I know. Um, I understand. So, but I, here for like, um, she's singing about like the, the things that happen with boys. Sometimes it gets a little weird, but, but that doesn't mean that she can't put together a good breakup song. That sounds fantastic okay. where she's talking about running into her ex at a bar and talking about the way he's looking at the new dude she's with. I think some of that is relatable. Yeah. Okay. So, Maybe I don't the the mood of the album like musically it sounds great and it's like mm -hmm. it is very folksy and uh, a very stripped down kind of thing yeah so to me an album like that like the lyrics would be everything right because you know it's that's how I would in other words I can find other things in in a pop album or a Miley Cyrus song that. Uh, it seems to me a folk a folk album. It like lyrically should be this album seems like lyric. It should start lyrically should be the center of this album, and then sure. the music comes across. Versus, I want to make a fun shake your ass type of right. album, and then sure. But Mike, if you're looking for you're looking for somebody who wrote music as a I don't know thirty year old girl. 30 year old woman and you're trying to relate to those lyrics. I mean, they're well-written lyrics. They just don't relate to you. Well, no, I just don't. I think they're, I think the lyrics are, I think the lyrics are shallow because I could go back to the Casey Musgraves album. Who is probably about this is it roughly the same age and lyrically it's much more deep than this. That's all. Sure. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Yeah. Taylor Swift is not the Mariana Trench, I guess. All right, sorry, Adam. I'm not trying to harass you. Though, <laughs> I mean, no, I know. But you're not. You but you said argue. it should be the album that. of the year, and that Bon, the song with her with Bon Iver, should be the song of the that, decade. Yeah. and that's it's, a pretty big stretch. Yeah, I mean okay. that's not a stretch, but that's maybe there was, there was some hyperbole declaring that the song of the decade. Okay. This could. This is a decent contender for album of the year and a strong music year, and I argue. I ask you to come up with an album that you think is better that came out this year. Well, okay. I'm not, I don't know. Cause I don't know what albums came out this year. You know what I mean? I don't like, that's, that's not how I musically listen to things. I don't, <laughs> I, in other words, I'm not like, I don't know. I find something that I like. I don't pay attention when it came out. I don't know. No. Yeah. Right. We all stumble upon music at different times. Sure. Right. I, I concur with them. But when I'm, if I'm saying album of the year and you're telling me it's not the album of the year, I would hope you would have another contender that you think is better. Yeah, any album but this. Have <laughs> a counterpoint, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Fair. That's 100% fair. Uh, I think Dinosaur Jr. is still going to be releasing an album before the end of the year, so that will be the one. So I don't have to... Come on, dude. <laughs> What my band from the eighties can't yeah, have band, can't have the best album of the year. Well, I think it, might, it legit could. It's going to be a good album, I'm sure. All right. Well, so you know what? Really, if you the song that kind of set me off the wrong way was and is uh, the last great American Dynasty on that album. Yeah, it sounds okay. What don't you like about it? Just uh, the story. The whole story is stupid. Kinda. 
I mean, it's not I, look. Yeah. Rebecca rode up on the afternoon train. It was sunny. Her salt box house on the coast took her mind off St. Louis. Bill was the heir to the Standard Oil name and money. And the town said, how did a middle-class divorcee do it? <laughs> I mean, come on. Who's going to relate to Bill, the heir of the Standard Oil dynasty? So, she tried to tell a story. <laughs> You're right. Again, I'm sorry. I'm not dissing her at all, by the way. I, I have, you know, her talent is beyond spectacular, obviously. So I was just responding to you how much yeah. you, to your hyperbole of the album with my own hyperbole, I suppose. Fair enough. All right. It's still a really good album. Yes. So what else is going on um, with you? Um, I don't know, dude. I can't even keep track of days. Um, Are you looking forward to the elections being over? Yeah, very much so. Isn't it tiresome? It's exhausting. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it's just 24-7. I stopped watching TV. I can't watch anything now. Like, I can't watch any TV. Oh, have you watched Cobra Kai yet? No, I, I should. I, somebody at work has uh, been harassing me for a while now because I don't watch it. It's fire. Yeah, you know, and, and then the sad thing is, is like I have that. It was on that YouTube premium before, and I have that. So I could have watched the first. I think the first two seasons were on YouTube. Two seasons are out. Yeah. yeah, and so I never even watched it. it was on YouTube, and I pay for that. So, mm. wow. So, uh, it's it's like very campy and very good at the same time. Uh, if it would be anything else, that would be highly disappointing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that just like those in the when those movies came out, they're campy and great at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. It's not. It's very multi-dimensional mm -hmm. like there's every character is depth there's no like good guy or bad guy everybody's yeah. not like everybody's an asshole for one thing and a great guy for the next right it's crazy trying to put it all together it's really a good show i thought it was just going to be like cheese dick sitcom but it's really not like what's his name uh danny is he a good guy or a bad guy in this one that yes interesting there's not like a good guy or bad guy ah, i see what you're saying okay there's not it. everybody's like both like the Johnny Lawrence, the dude who from Cobra Kai who starts up the dojo is like a deep character, which I, I love, mean, I love that. not particularly deep, but it, yeah. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not cut and dried before this show even starts. No, not at all. Yeah. Hey, have you ever watched Dexter? Yeah. What do you, I'm trying to wrap my head around that show. I'm not sure what I think about it. Well, it just take each season individually and then we can talk about how some of them are horrible right. and some of them are astonishing. Yeah. The first season is some of the best TV ever. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's what my struggle is. Cause I, my wife started watching it and I caught most of them. Um, yeah. When she gets on the show, she just watches it. And yeah. I was pretty enthralled with the first season. And then after that, yeah. it would be, it was like, you know, the second season's okay, and then it continues to fall off. I mean, it's it's just incredibly uneven. Yeah. There's like another good season, I think seven maybe, or five, something like that. You know what's really weird is uh, the, he was he got married, the woman that plays his sister, Yeah. in the middle of filming, that, they, got yeah. they got married and then divorced. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is weird. Like I haven't seen a new release movie in forever because of, you know, there's no theaters yeah. that are open anymore. So, and I wasn't, I'm not all that motivated to rent Bill and Ted's next adventure or whatever. I hope it's good. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I don't know if there's maybe a, um, a psychological edge to, um, or, you know, like paying 20, I know if yeah, you took yeah. your wife to the movie, it'd be $20 for two tickets. Mm-hmm. But clicking that 20, 20 to twenty five dollars to watch rent a movie is still sort of. I can't grab it. Like it has to be like amazing. You have to know that it's going to be amazing to click that twenty to twenty five dollar fee. You know what I mean? I I would have a hard time. There's just too much that competes. Like I can watch something else for free, or that I'm already paying for. Right. And my TV, like I like my TV. I have a good TV, and I have a decent sound bar for sound but it's not going to pair to going to the theater to watch a movie. Right. And, and on top of that, when you're at home, there's like other distractions right. where when you're in the theater, it's shut down to the environment. So you can really become enthralled. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, you know, you're right about that distraction. Like I get home from work. Um, like there's two, two nights of my job. I get home like at seven or eight o'clock at night. So there's not, you know, it's not like I'm home at four and I can get stuff done. So that's just, those are my just two chill out nights. And I'm going to do I'll do whatever I want. And I'll get home and I'll turn on YouTube on the TV. And before I know it, it'll be four hours later and I've watched like yeah. 30 different videos. Yeah. You know, and that's, and, and the crazy thing is, um, it's not like, I mean, I find that equally as satisfying if I'd always sat down and watched a movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's so much good content out there right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. Yeah. If I, I'll tell you what, man, if I can't sleep, I used to put on a show on Netflix or whatever. I started watching um, streamers play Call of Duty. Oh, interesting. And just because they're like they're entertaining and you get to watch them do this thing, but there's no start and no finish. You can just jump in so whatever. Just jump on jump. An, on Twitch or whatever. Yeah, I, I just do it on Facebook gaming. Right. Um yeah, that's so. That's one thing I actually I haven't done. Um, like I've, I watch plenty of videos on YouTube of of streamers that you know they edit their videos and stuff. But I haven't really gotten into just watching it live as it happens. Yeah, it's interesting because they'll, they'll like get on with other streamers and they'll stream at the same time while they're playing, and it's just funny to hear them banter back and forth. Yeah, you were talking to me earlier about. Um, Speaking of gaming, and which I think I'm going to just get it right after we get off of here, is uh, Among Us, which is, seems to be, uh, that's the name of it, right? Among Us? Yeah. Yeah, which seems to be a pretty hot game right now. What's that all about? Um, so so I've watched they, a couple videos. I've watched, you know, some videos of the game. Um, so, but tell me why it's so appealing. So there's a game called Werewolf that's like an old party game where you sit around a table with like a whole bunch of other people mm-hmm. and everybody gets a little piece of paper that has letters on it. And some of those letters are W's. There's like two of those for like every 10 people. Right. And so if you get the W, then um, you're a werewolf. Okay. And so then there's one person who runs the game and that can rotate around the table. And so everybody puts their head down except the werewolves and they point to who they want to, to murder that night. And then everybody gets their, puts their head up and the um, 
person in charge says, Billy and Tommy, the werewolves ate you last night. And then everybody votes on who they think the werewolf is. Right. And so if you vote out the werewolves before um, they kill everybody, you win. It's kind of like that. So you got a little guy. You're on a spaceship with like up to 10 other people. And there can be up to three imposters. And everybody has a list of tasks they have to do. So you have to like run around to different parts of the spaceship mm-hmm. and do these tasks. And the imposters are trying to kill everybody. And so when somebody finds a dead body or you can call an emergency vote, you can vote somebody off the spaceship. But you have to try to figure out who the imposters are. Right. And if you finish all the tasks before the imposters kill everybody, then the then you win. And if the imposters kill everybody or destroy the ship before they figure it out, they figure it out, then they win. Right. And so part of the appeal is like arguing, like arguing amongst yourselves and trying. If you're yeah. the imposter, trying to to pin it on other people. Yeah. So the. One of the cool things about it is you can't talk unless you're in a meeting. And then, I mean, some people use Discord, I guess, but that's, I think that's kind of lame. Um, I think it's cooler when you can only talk in the chat when you're trying to vote to convince people right. because it limits how much communication you have. So you have to really choose your words and how you're going to show people stuff. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of it can be done with body movement too. Like you can follow somebody around and they might get paranoid because you're following them. But if you can follow them for long enough and then not kill them in a situation where you could have, then they might believe you. Is it they have like very specific language that everybody uses? So like, it's just terms that you pick up along the way. And All right. Um. So everybody is sus, and that's short for suspect. So or suspicious. So when you think it's somebody, you're like red is sus because you you refer to everybody by the color of their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because sometimes people will name their guys like different colors, mm-hmm. so to throw people off. Um. So, uh, yeah, everybody's suspect. And then, like, you, usually you see um, everybody's trying to task out, like, task out, hurry up and task. I was tasking to try to, like, get their task done so they can finish. Mm-hmm. And then um, venting. Only the imposters can use the air vents to move around. So they'll vent. So if you see somebody, like, in the chat, it would be like, red is sus. I saw him vent. Right. Like, everybody's like, oh, he vented. Okay. Okay, so while we're recording this, you had to step out for a phone call real quick. So I downloaded it uh, on my computer. So now give me some strategies. Okay, so um, something I did the other day that I thought was brilliant that made everybody really mad. Mm-hmm. So I was an imposter, and they figured out that I was an imposter. So they voted me. So right before I got voted out, I wrote in the chat, uh, it's me and Orange. Orange, it's Orange. It's the other imposter. It's me and Orange. <laughs> Everybody got furious because I ruined the game. How could you tell us? We wanted to try to find him. This is bullshit. Except it wasn't really orange. <laughs> so they voted. So they all went back in and immediately voted orange out. And then he wasn't the imposter. And they're like, ah! That's hilarious, actually. Yeah, fucking great. Everybody's <laughs> still, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find your house and burn it down. How could you ruin this? Is very how terrible of you to just throw them and tell us. Which would be a terrible thing if you actually did that. Because right. sometimes people do that, and it's pretty toxic. But I use that against them by making them think that that's what I was doing when I was really just getting them to vote somebody else off. That's right. Is it a so, um, is it an audio chat in the game or video? no text chat? Text chat. Um, so my recommendation to you is always do your tasks, just task as quickly as you can. Okay. 
Um, try to look at the map and figure out how to make a circle around the map to go and make as few places as possible. And then watch for people who are scanning or um, doing the um, emptying the trash because those particular tasks have visual components to them. So like, or like um, there's one where you shoot lasers. So like you shoot at asteroids. So like those particular tasks, you have to like do something and your character actually does it if you're doing it. So you can't fake it. So what the imposters will do is they'll stand by where a task is and just stand there for like 30 seconds to make it look like they're doing that task and then they'll move. So if you can do those particular tasks, you can see somebody doing it so you know they're good or clean. So then you follow them, you stay with them. That way, if somebody kills either one of you, you'll see it happen. And you know that that person's not going to kill you because they're clean. Um, Oftentimes, that's a good way to get voted out if the other person doesn't realize that's what you're doing. Um, Let's see, some other stuff. Um, Don't self-report because you would think that that would be a good way for people to – think like to throw people off, but everybody knows that everybody self reports anyway. So it doesn't really work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever vent ever because there's just no reason to vent. You can just get away, walk away from the spot. And if somebody sees you walking away from the body, they're going to see you venting anyway. So it doesn't even make sense to do it. Um, use your sabotages as much as possible to try to keep everybody off balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sabotage as a um, imposter by making them have a critical task that they have to accomplish in like 30 seconds or they lose. So it throws everybody off their tasks. Um, and also it's a good way to lure people to certain places. And then you can also lock doors. So you can like lock somebody in a room. You don't want to do that if people know you and them are the only people in that room, but it, you can lock them in there. Um, and then a lot of times in chat, that's really the good place. So if you're the imposter, you probably shouldn't say much. If you do just try to agree with other people. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll find somebody, if I'm an imposter, I'll find somebody who's doing one of those tasks where it's a visual task and I won't kill them. And I'll just stand there with them and watch them do it and then walk around with them so that they think I'm innocent because I'm with them for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then the next time a vote comes up, you cle- you don't talk for yourself. You talk for somebody else. Say, oh, orange is clean. I saw him do it. I saw him uh, um, scanning. Yes. So I know that orange is good. And then orange will be like, yeah, blue's been with me for a long time. He's good too. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just kind of over time, it plays out like that. The other thing to remember is everybody always thinks when you find a body, it's brand new, but that's not always the case. All right. So you can kill somebody and their body will just drop there. And then if you get away fast enough, somebody else is going to find it. And then the, immediately the first thing everybody said is what, uh, what happened and who did it? Mm-hmm. And chance like what and who and so um somebody will say inevitably say oh it was in engineering right and so then they're like oh well where was everybody at and if the body's been there for like it, like it could sit there for like two minutes before anybody's gonna find it so you could be all the way across the board by then and you're like oh i i was in weapons that's totally on the other side right. of the board and especially if someone sees you over there right two minutes later even though they think the murder yeah. just happened Cause there's like, no, there's no way that that guy could have killed that person in that much time. Cause they just reported it, but everybody forgets that and just assumes that bodies are all fresh. Nice. Yeah. I love the current environment in gaming is so great. Cause there's so many different things that come out, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't know what's going to hit or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, what have I been playing to, uh, hold on, move this over what's the game where people it's like wipeout or something. Fall guys. Ball guys. Holy shit, dude. That game is so much fun. 
I've wa- I haven't played it. I've watched it a little bit. Yeah. You don't like have a gaming PC. Well, you, I think it's well, you don't have a PS4, do you? No. I don't know if it's on PS3. It, it's on the count. It's on PS4. Um, but yeah, it really is. Uh, it really is like Wipeout, except there's you start with a hundred people. And yeah, and what I like about it is it's just I don't know. You don't have to be that great at games to either like succeed or enjoy yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So because it's just like most of it's just pure insanity and everything about it. Like visually you're a little bean and you can change like the more you play or the farther you get, you are able to put different outfits. Yeah. Yeah, You put on your different outfits and shit like that. Um, Yeah. Everything about it is great. And it's, you know, people go. um, And so it's progressively like the first round, only half of the people make it to the next round and on and on and on. So um, it's got that sort of Fortnite thing where quality to it where you know you're trying to be the last person to win but like i hate fortnite because i just don't i'm suck at those kind of games you know what i mean anything that's like a first person shooter i don't or you know that kind of genre i'm just not yeah. that good at anyhow and i don't enjoy them. well if i take that back if i were any good at them i'd probably enjoy the hell out of them yeah. but i've just played them a lot i'm just not good at them so i don't play them that much anymore see i like some of those games and i hate some of those games yeah See, I've never got to the point of even liking them because I've just not ever been good enough to like them. You know what I mean? I played SOCOM a lot. Right. Which is like uh, it's like an early version of mm-hmm. Black Ops or whatever. You know, you're like, a, there's eight. You're eight guys against there are eight guys, and there's a base. You have to storm the base or whatever. Right. It was fun. Yeah. So you promise, do you move, if you do any gaming now, you just do it on your phone? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. I've got a PS3. Sometimes I'll play. I think I'm playing GTA 5 right now or something. I forget. I didn't. I'll just go to GameStop and buy the dumbest game they had. Like, I'll be like, hey, do you have anything that's going to kill 60 hours of my time, 45 minutes at a time over the course of the next three years? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Enjoy that. Well, you can. I don't know how long those things are going to last. Everything is heading so much digital. GameStop? Yeah. This is gone now. What's that? Yours is gone. It's gone. Well, there's some proof for positive for you right there. Yep. Yeah. Even when we go out and buy, like the only physical games I think we're buying anymore. Um, like in fact, we got a big, we're doing it, uh, Saturday. Um, uh, it's one, it's something to do to get out of the house. Cause you just got to find something to do. Um, mm-hmm. but last time we went, we went to Toledo and this weekend we're going to Lansing and, and so we're going to find, there's like three retro video game stores in Lansing. Sure. So we're going to go to Lansing. We'll go to all three. And then we just try to build up our, uh, our old school collection, you know, cause I've got every PlayStation, um, uh, every PlayStation console. I've got every Nintendo console except for the SNES. Um, so you don't have an SNES. No, I've got the, we have the, um, the SNES, the mini one that came out, oh, okay. but I don't have the original one. So I don't know. And oh, you know what I do on it? We don't have a Sega. Sh- I mean, that might be the next area we move into. Sega so, Genesis? Yeah. I you love that. Buy, huh? You could probably buy one of those for a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 to $40. They don't, I don't see them as often. We go to a retro video game stores a lot. And so, hmm. um, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm sure you're like me, like way back in the day, freaking Sega Genesis, man. 
Yeah. NHL true. hockey. That's all we ever played. Yeah. Um, 95. What's that? NHL 95. NHL 5. Hell yeah. It's the one where you could put, uh, you could um, check people into the boards and make them bleed. Right. And was that the one that had Eisenman and um, Fedorov on the same yeah. team? Yeah. And Fedorov was insane. Yeah. You used to be able to like do the goalie trick where you could pull the goalie over to one side and the defender would get in yep. your way and you'd score on the goal. Yeah. 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 Score goals a game and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, you know, you cut your teeth on trash talking people. I never played sports. Mm-hmm. So uh, once a fucking that game came along, that was it, man. Back in the day. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know what, Rob? I'm glad we're back doing this. Me too. I'm excited. I've missed it a lot. So. Cool. You got anything You're wrong about Taylor Swift, though. What's that? You're wrong about Taylor Swift. I'm wrong about Taylor Swift? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. You know what? I did give it a try, though. You asked me, you, this, you asked me to check it out. And the first time I tried, I really tried. I don't know. I don't think I could try again. I listen to it all the time. Heavy rotation. Heavy rotation? Heavy rotation. That and a dude called uh, Dermot Kennedy. Dermot Kennedy. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to this band called Slave lately, which is not, not a great name, but uh, I'm really digging their stuff. Terrible. Too. It's a terrible name. Or is it called Slaves, I think? It, well, not one is not better than the other. Slave yeah, no. or Slaves. Very tone deaf. Huh? It is very, very tone deaf. I know. I don't. I'm just looking it up. How long have they been around? Anyway, yeah, it's a tone deaf name. So what can you do? So, but you know, like, <laughs> it's amazing how fast things become tone deaf, you know? Like, yeah. Cole and I watched uh, the original Spider-Man um, like a month ago, you know, with the, the original spider that who made it? Rami, what's his name? Anyway, Sam, Sam Rami, yeah. But that doesn't age well either. It's no. su- surprisingly, it is really bad. Yeah. Because I remember, oh man, these are the pinnacle. Finally, they've started making great superhero movies. Yeah. And then you go back and watch it, you're like, I don't know if I want to watch that again <laughs> you know what i mean yeah dude it's weird how yeah society always moves forward and changes yep. sometimes for good sometimes for bad sometimes both yeah i know we were you know, you know i posted something on facebook this week about um uh um uh, cancel culture and uh yeah with uh joe rogan yeah so this i mean it's what's the story behind that you know, it's just a you know he you know he moved to Spotify, right or not? So, I believe you. what's that? I believe you. Right. So the Joe Rogan podcast is the podcast right yeah. now, and um, he gets insane numbers, a huge audience, and it's built on the idea really that there's uh, uh, there's no censorship or no holding back. Um, he has yeah. on a variety of um, guests who have the space to say whatever they are comfortable with saying. Um, and they're just really good conversations. And so uh, he recently moved from being independent to Spotify and got like a hundred, hundred fifty million dollar deal to move to Spotify. 
Nice. Um, and so, and it's a good deal for both of them. Obviously, it's a lot of money, and it's good for Spotify because yeah, like sure. the numbers are his numbers are insane, right? And so, you know, uh, some member, some people that work for Spotify uh, wanted to censor some of his podcasts or uh, put trigger warnings on the podcast or delete some of the podcasts altogether. So that's kind of what my post was about was that, um, my battery's about to die. Are you? So, uh, well, anyway, it's, yeah. So they're censoring him because they want, well, they want, there's people that Spotify want to censor him because of some of the content. Alex Jones or whoever. You know, it's not even Alex Jones. There was a, uh, a lot of it is, uh, I watched this episode episode as well. Um, there's a, he had an episode on with a woman who wrote a book about, um, uh, transgender and, uh, people that transition when they're really young, like middle school, 12, 13 or 14. And then, um, what's that? It's too young. Right. So that's the conversation, um, about, it was really a conversation about that. And when you get to, sometimes you get subjects like that, people, um, don't see the forest for the trees. It's okay to talk about that kind of thing, whether whatever side you land on. And just the fact that they had the conversation was um, what these people were protesting, which is ridiculous, right? So, and yeah, it's obscene. What, so, should, but you know, would be, it's really dumb. Okay, right. But also, um, so two things happen. One, that's really dumb, and it sort of um, we, if you lean on the left or liberal side of things, it's you know, another step away from some of the ideals that I believe in as a liberal, which is, which is why, you know, the ACLU defends the right for Nazis to march and protest because, um, even speech that we hate is important so that we can have the same rights. Right. Right. Um, but on the other side, what's that? So Spotify isn't freedom of speech. Isn't freedom of speech on Spotify? Well, no, but that's the core principle, right? Like, but, um, but these companies do have a responsibility. Like they do drive, like if you're a media company, like, you know, millions of, you do have, you play a role in shaping society because of the content that you do or don't approve. So Absolutely. there's a huge responsibility there. The other thing is, um, cause I've had some of this experience in my own workplace recently is that, um, the number of people doing things is much smaller than what you would imagine. You know what I mean? Like, because there's 30 or 40 Spotify employees of the, you right. know, five to 6,000 that work for the company doing this does not mean that the entire left culture is trying to cancel Joe Rogan because quite frankly, right. a ton of people on the left and right listen to Joe Rogan. Right. So it's this balance of like, um, cancel culture is stupid. And I think it's, and we, Cancer culture is problematic Um, and the left needs to stand up against it. But also on the other side, it is not nearly as prevalent or powerful as people make it out to be. So it's not prevalent, but it is definitely powerful. Well, it depends on the, sometimes it's situational. Like, like the Spotify CEO told them all basically to fuck off. Honestly, he's just like, no, you know, and I'm sure if you surveyed most of the people at, at that work from, they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just, I don't agree with them, you know? And like, you'll have people on like Ben Shapiro that I can't stand. I think that guy's an asshat. You might, other people might love him, but if it gets somebody like that, I just don't watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
And there's people on there all the time that say shit that I don't agree with, but it doesn't, you know, I'm not like a mindless drone. What's that? Being accepting of the dialogue is what's crucial. That's why I like Rogan because he's, even if I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, his um, ability to listen to everybody and hear out their point of view is incredible. Yes. He's patient and inquisitive and strong willed at the same time as being open. I think that's huge. That's how you right. move things forward. I think that's why he's so popular. And when he has other comedians on, it's funny as yeah, hell too. Hilarious. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to beat that. But, you know, I've also met some people that like, you know, hang on every word he says and what he says. And he says that what he says is gospel. And he'll say, he says it like every third podcast. Don't listen to me. I'm just an idiot trying to figure shit out. Right. You know what I mean? So, but there are some people that, but that find that people are like that everywhere, you know? Well, yeah. To be honest with you, Mike, anybody who's going to take everything Joe Rogan says as gospel, I would rather that they take everything Joe Rogan says as gospel. Because one, if they think that, I don't want them doing any other thinking for themselves. <laughs> I'd rather have them listening to Joe Rogan than, I don't know, uh, anyone like Adam Jones or whatever his name is. Oh, Alex Jones, yeah. Alex Jones, yeah. Right. I mean, if you're going to obsess over taking somebody's word as gospel, I'd rather it be Joe Rogan than uh, some of those other dudes. Right. Well, I mean, that's the battle of our age, right? Now, right. same thing with Facebook. Like, like we're so quick to um, see something that we want to believe and then believe it. Right. And that's the thing uh, that's kind of killing our society right now is – that people aren't taking the time to build the skill up to be critical because it's so easy to, um, if you see something you want to be true and you see it, you want to believe it, you know? Yep. So, but what can you do other than turn off the fucking TV and put Facebook down? Right. Yeah. True stories. All right, man. I'm so happy we're back podcasting. Me too. It's good to see you. Yep. I'll see you next week, my friend. All right. All right, man. Bye. Bye.